Let me just explain a little bit how I got to be here. God spoke to my heart many, many years ago. He called me in to ministry to be a youth evangelist to reach the youth generation. And I wrestled, I, I wrestled with it at first. God opened doors. God sent me to minister. He gave me many gifts, giftings at the time that I was unable to do things, but God opened doors. He opened doors that I could speak to people, and God was totally in control of it all. And then I kind of went the other way. I was running from the call then. I became a police officer. And I started to just worry about working details and money then. And I, I kind of left God on the back burner. like. But God's faithful even when we do not remain faithful, church. That's what I want you to know the first thing. He's a faithful God. So my message today, God's placed on my heart. Be patient with me a little bit. Technology is not my game. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, will you pray with me now? Father, I just thank you for this moment, Father, to take this word of yours, Father, to this congregation and to whoever who has listened by the internet, God. Father, you've placed on my heart a message that is not an easy message to preach. So, Father, I just pray you, you anoint your servant, God, that I would step out of your way, Father, and the Holy Ghost would just work through your servant. Move and speak to your people, God, through your word, Father. I pray, God, that you anoint me to speak exactly what you want spoken, not what I want spoken. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, church. The message that God had placed on my heart when pastor first came to me, he said, I believe God wants me to give you some time in the pulpit. And I've been praying and I've been praying, God, at your time and not my time and at your time. And when pastor asked me that, I was just heartbroken like God you, you, you heard my prayer God you, you, you keep opening doors God that I can't shut so my message was going to be when pastor first asked me I, I was happy and I said yes my message was going to be go into all the world and preach this gospel 
that used to be the business card when I was in ministry before that I had on my business cards, Mark's Gospel, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then as as pastor started preaching, he started preaching the messages that God, I felt that gave on me and I thought I was going to preach. But then I came to a prayer meeting one morning and I asked the prayer team to pray for me. That God would place a message on my heart. So I was in a mall one afternoon and all of a sudden God just placed it on my heart. And the message he gave me is a very simple message. It is sound the alarm. The trumpet is sounding and no one is alarmed. God has been sounding the trumpet in America, in the world, and no one is aware of it. Everybody's doing what they want to do and they think everything's quiet and good. And that's not what it is. God is warning us. I mean, look at the shootings that we're seeing in schools. Look at all this stuff. And people don't think that, hey, it's, it, it's, it's nothing. And then all of a sudden, they start praying out to God. And I can remember, if you guys remember 911, 9-11 in September, when the towers came down. And, and, the, and the Congress and that, they all got outside the Capitol and they started to pray. They were praying that God would do something. And yet they were in such sin and, and, and such far away from God. And they expected God to answer them. God doesn't work that way, my brothers and sisters. God just doesn't work that way. They, that was a warning sign. And I can remember what it, as it was yesterday. Me... Pastor Joe, and I don't know if you remember Pastor Willie. We were going on our way to Boston that morning that it happened. We were driving downtown Boston, and me and Pastor Joe started talking about terrorists. What would happen if that, something like this would happen? And the minute we got in the Boston police headquarters, they told us what had happened, and we were actually shocked. But God had warned us before it even happened. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. He sends us warnings before it happens. He speaks to his servants still. Okay, I'm going to read from Joel. I got to put my glasses on. I can't. I'm getting to be an old man. I don't want it in one minute, but I'm getting to be old. I'm going to read out our, the King James Version, Joel 2.1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds, and of thick darkness, as... The morning spreads up on the mountains, a great people in a strong. There has not been even to the like of many, gener many generations. In the years of many generations. <sighs> no. 
we're looking at things around us today, and we're seeing trouble in the world. We're tr seeing trouble at home. And we're crying out to God. And we're saying, God, do something. Do something. And God is looking at us, and he's looking at this world today. And he's seeing it like it was in the days of Noah. It was in a day when they were in such sin and such deprived things were going on. And men didn't listen what God was saying. If you remember the story, Noah, okay? And you see Noah was building that ark for 120 years. Men would laugh at him, mock him, because it never rained in those days. A thick cloud, would, a, a mist would come in the land to water the ground in the day, in the morning. But God then was sending his, his, his warning to the people that judgment was going to come. And I wonder today how many people, the things we see, they, everybody seems to be making an excuse that it's not God. God would have not allowed this, and God is not the God that does that. God warns his people. Okay. Um, sorry. And in the story, Joel, that prophet Joel, we don't know exactly when it was written, but we do know that God was calling the people to prayer. They were called to prayer. They were called to repentance. And they were called to rend their hearts, not their clothes. Because in the old times, they used to tear their clothes as a sign of kind of repentance and put ashes on their head. But God was telling them, no, I want you to clean your heart. I want you to tear, come before me in your heart. It's a heart issue. It's a sin issue. And God is talking to his people in this hour, and he says, enough is enough. I am a God that is holy. And we don't hear that word too often today. God wants you to know that he's a holy God. And God has told us, and he warns us. I, 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 I don't, sometimes I don't want to say things God tells me to say. But God, God says it in, in, in Amos, he warns, he shows us that he would send his, his, his prophets in those days, he would send them out and warn the people before things would happen. But he would speak to his prophets before these things would ever happen. Because he was sending a sound of alarm to repent. I can remember the last time I preached a message that I felt that God had given me. I did not want to preach. It was the message of Jonah. When Jonah... Ran from God. He ran because God was sending him to Nineveh to preach against that city to tell them to repent. But Jonah was anger. He didn't want to do it. He, 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 he didn't want God's forgiveness on the land of those people because he didn't like those people. And I got to look at you and I at time and say, God has called us to warn the people right now, right? And what do we do sometimes? We don't warn them. We think it's all right to just go the other way. Everything's going to be fine tomorrow. But God has given us eternal life. He's given us Jesus in our hearts. 
and he says, you are to walk the way I walk. He's calling his church, his body in this hour to holiness. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. And I, 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 I would much rather be here preaching an easy, soft message. But God's not allowing me to preach it that way. He's telling me to warn the people. He's sounding an alarm in Amos 3, 7, where God says he does nothing except he sh shares his secrets to his servants and his prophets. I am only a, a man of God on the watch, on the war watch. I'm a watchman. That's how I look at it. I'm no prophet. I'm no teacher. I'm no pastor. I'm one of his many watchmen that is on the wall. And he's telling us to warn the people in this hour. There's been many messages I believe God has been showing us by what's happening in this world. And we've gone soft. We don't want to hear what God says. So go back as, as it was in the days of Nor. He said just before the coming of his coming that the world would be back in that same stage of darkness of doing what it wants to do look at the school system look what they're doing to the kids in this school in the school system and we're, we're making believe like nothing's happening church wake up god is saying wake up it is time to repent. The church is in danger. I believe what hurts the heart of God right now more than anything else is churches that are doing not the will of God, but are tickling the people's ears. And God says enough of that tickle in the ears is over. My church, I am calling to be holy. He's not calling you to be as it was before. He's calling for change. Everybody says, I want revival. I want revival. I'm going to tell you what revival is. Revival is when we get on our faces before God and start to turn from our wicked ways. The word repent means to turn. Turn from sin. Not to walk in it no longer, but to turn around. The church is getting comfortable in sin today. And God is saying, this is not my church. I am the God that is holy. Come out from among the world as I am, says the Lord of hosts. He's holy, church. Do you understand holiness? That's what he wants his church to be. Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church, my church, but without spot or without wrinkle, washed in the blood of Jesus. He's coming back for that glorious church. And you can be that way because Jesus paid the price that we can walk in his holiness, in his righteousness. Church, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of off where, where I had my, all my notes written down. And that's what God does to me lots of time. He says, no, I want you to speak it this way. I want them to have no excuses what I'm saying this morning. I want them to know that I'm holy. I am changing this congregation. This congregation. You want revival, right? You want revival congregation? You want revival? That's us. We got to change our lives. We got to change our lifestyle. 
We can't put everything on the pastors of this church. God is putting it on you and I. The day is coming that you're not going to blame anybody, but God is pointing you at you and say, Thou art the man. Thou art the woman. Oh, church, I'll tell you, I wanted to preach something easier. My heart's been crying for the lost. People hanging on the very ballast of going into eternity darkness. And they need to see the light of the world that you hold inside of you. And many of us walk around like we have nobody, that we're just like the world. Churches are starting to act like the world. God's not happy with that. Churches have become like nightclubs. Those days are over, God says. His house is a house of prayer, a house of seeking Him, not a house of seeking after the world. You're not of the world. You're in the world. You're not of the world. You are separated, Jesus said. Come out from among the world and be ye separated. Say it, I, the Lord of hosts. Church, it's time to change. God says it's changing time. It's easy to preach messages that are, are watered down sometimes. Many churches are. They're not focusing the people and warning the people of the judgment of God that is coming upon the land. And it's coming upon this land also, our land. And God is sending his prophets out, his ministers of the gospel, to warn the people in this hour. He's saying time is running out. I have said many times before, I'm all set. I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ at 18, 19 years of age. I'm all set. I, I've, I've, I've committed everything. I, I can go out and do what I want to do now. That's not how God looks at a church. You want your crown. You want God to say to you, well done, O good and thou faithful servant. You want the crown. You want the gold crown. And when you get that crown, you don't want to put it on your head. You're going to want to put it at the feet of Jesus when you get the glory. When he gives it to you, you'll take it off and put it at his feet because he's worthy of it. We're not worthy of anything, church. But he's calling us out of sin. He's calling us out of the places of darkness. He says, don't be comfortable in these places of darkness no more. He's saying you got to start living right. And I, you know, sometimes I look at, at people and I'll say, hey, that person is so close to eternity. And I didn't say a word to them. I didn't say a word to them. Those days are over, church. God wants you to reach down and see the world as it is and see the loss as it is. You know, I, I, I'm so sick and tired of it sometimes. These people pick up all these books by such people as like Joyce Myers, all these other people, and I hear them quote Joyce Myers or quote another minister or so and think that they're all set because this woman or this man that say the man of God or woman of God says this is what the word says when they're totally 
don't understand what the Word of God says. They're blind and they're teaching others that garbage sometimes. And I'm sorry. I, I, I just got to speak what God puts on my heart, okay? It, it's a hard message, okay? It's time to wake the church up. God is waking up his house right now. It's time that this house wakes up. And I'm telling you people online, God, God is saying get back into his house that you don't belong just watching it by the internet no longer. The days are over that come back to the house of God and for the backsliders out there, God saying come home. He's coming home here to the house of God. Find the liberty and the, the peace that falls on the altars. He's saying come back to my altars church. The church have run away from the altars of God. Pentecostal, you call yourselves Pentecostal. When since the time that you have seen the movement of a Pentecostal in this house even. God is calling his house to be the house of prayer, a house of prayer, a house of worship to him. This worship team that worships they don't worship for you and me. They worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Their worship is towards heaven. They're not here to entertain. And I'm not here to entertain you today. I'm here to give you a sovereign message, I believe, from the throne room of God. This is going to be a change. I'm, I prayed this morning when I came into this house. I prayed, God, let me not say what I want to say. You say what you want to say in this hour. It's not my, my message. I prepared a different message altogether, a little bit different than I'm talking to you right now. Because I believe God is saying, talk to the house. Talk to my people to get right in this hour. Time is running out, church. These young men that are graduating high school, okay, or just graduated high school, they're going to face a world that if they're not walking close with God, they're going to be eat up by the world. And God is saying, no, young men, stay, you all focus on Jesus and no one else. You let the world follow you because you follow Jesus. Your world, that's how it's supposed to be. Church, somehow we got it backwards. The churches all over the United States have got it backward, most of them. This is what they believe. We're going to send out questionnaires. What, how do you like church? Oh, well, don't talk too much about that word sin. Don't talk too much about, you know, we got to live a certain way. Churches are filled. It's a compromised gospel. God says those days are over. I can remember, as it was yesterday, when one of the biggest churches fell, and it was... I'm not going to mention the name of the church, but it was one of the biggest churches in the United States that fell. And God was showing me, he said, before this happened, he said to me, he said, a lot of these mega churches are going to fall because I'm going to take those preachers out of those houses and I'm going to put godly men into those houses that will preach my word, my word, not a compromise word. 
in church, you got to realize, because the scripture says that in the last days, there were going to be a gospel that was going to be so close to the real thing that if it was possible, that it would deceive the very elect. You see that gospel out there, church. That gospel is all over the world, leading multitudes of souls right into hell. I'm not going to paint any other picture. I'm going to paint what God has shown me to paint. And don't blame pastor for how I'm preaching this morning. You want to blame somebody, blame me. And ask God if I'm telling the truth or not what he spoke to me to speak right now. It's time to change. Church, this is not times to do whatever you think you want to do. Souls are in the very ballast. How many people in this house look at their loved ones and have not even spoken a word to them of their soul? I just wonder... And I'm not passing judgment on anybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm preaching this morning a word I do not want to preach. I believe it's an urgent time that we live in. An urgent time that God is going to do something in this house. Okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bragging or anything. I've been coming to this house to pray. Every day at noontime, I've had a faithful few people come every morning. Yesterday I came, and a per, one of the persons that come all the time was not able to make it. So it was just me and the Lord yesterday. I started crying out to God, knowing that I was preaching today. I said, God, is it the message that I have that you want me to preach today? God, this, I just pray, God, let me step aside and you step in me and do what you have to do. Speak to this congregation the way you want to speak it. Not the way I want to speak, the way you want to speak, God. And I believe God's doing this this morning. I believe we're going to see change in this house. I believe we're going to see a revival in this house, and that's us, church. Revival is changing us. When we get revived, we are ready to receive what God is going to bring in this house. God's going to bring undesirables in this house. I'm telling you right now. When a move of God moves, he brings the undesires in the house first. We remember us that walked in the past of the days when we have seen moves of God. I know my sister has here. I have these couples probably... Several people have seen the move of God before, okay? And when the move of God takes place, it's not man. It's when man says, I'm stepping out of your way, God. God, use me to do what you want to do. Not you, we do what we want to do. It's what God wants to do. We got to step out of the way, church, and let him do it. We're in that hour. It's midnight, church.
We're in the midnight hour. Don't let anybody kid you. The word of God says all these signs, when you start to see them come. And everybody says this has always been. Not the same eternally. That's mean all at once happening. Look at all the wars, all the rumors of wars. Look at all these stuff that are happening. All at the same time. It's never been like this before. We're living in dark days, church. And somebody has to start saying, if you want to make it in these hard times, you got to get right with God. You got to get right with God. I'm telling you, church, you got to get right with God. I'm not here playing games. I'm not here entertaining you. It's easy to entertain people, but it's hard to speak what God places on your heart sometime. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Church, start to cry out for the lost. We don't have much time left. We do not have much time left. The hours coming short. The day is coming when man will no longer be able to work. And it'll be over. It'll be over. And multitudes will go right into the valley of hell because we have not won. We're living in the hour of grace and mercy and love, church. I tell you all this stuff right now because God's placed it on my heart. And I wanted to do exactly my sermon that I had prepared to do. But God blinded my eyes with these lights also to tell me that that's not the way I was going to go. He's going his way. His way is his way, not my way. God loves you so much, church. You know, Billy Graham once was asked the question, out of all the places he's been and all the things he's been, what's the most thing he got more than anything else in the world? And he said one thing, Jesus loves me for this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that's God's love to you and I. He loves you so much that he's warning you today to get out from among the world. We are in this world, but we're not of the world. Every moment that this church is open, you know what? When the doors of this church is open, this house ought to be filled. You want to get right with God? Some people say, I want to get right with God, but I want to get right with God in my way, not his way. That's not the way it works. God says, those days of doing it your way is over. My way is my way. The word of God. Church, you don't have no excuses. You have Bibles. More than anybody in the world, this country has so many Bibles and houses. Okay, you go in other countries that they don't have the word of God. And that's another thing God has placed in my mind from this scripture, from this word that he gave me this morning. He, he spoke of me and he said, you know, there's a famine out there. He gave me his word of the famine. He said he's sending a famine, the famine not of bread, nor of thirst of water, but a famine of the word of God, not hearing the word of God. It didn't say the it wouldn't, people wouldn't pick it up, but they're not hearing the word of God. That's the key part in that scripture that I think everybody misses.
a famine of not hearing the word of God. That famine is in the land. And even though many go to churches, they're not hearing the word of God. That's the famine that God was speaking of. Church, hard message, huh? It cuts the heart. God, God, God doesn't play games. Sometimes it's easy. We say what we want to say, and that's it. But sometimes God says, you're not saying what you want to say. You're saying what I'm saying in this hour. And church, I'm sorry, but that's the mantle that God gave me this morning. He changed my whole thing this morning. He says, speak to my people. He calls you his people. I came here this morning, I brought it at this altar, and I prayed, and I said, God, speak to your people. Do your will, not my will, do your will. Let not one person that enters this house today leave the same way they came in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God is an awesome God, church. God's love is here today. And because it's here so great love, he has to warn. Who, what surgeon, if a surgeon would tell you you have a terminal cancer, and if that's not cut out of you, you're going to die. Now, if that surgeon sees that, and he doesn't tell you and warn you, he doesn't love you, he doesn't care for you. But God knows the very beginning because he was before time was even time. And he'll be long after time is no longer time. He is from everlasting to everlasting. The word of God tells us. He's telling me to tell you, church, in this hour, you can no longer trust what you hear somebody says. You got to test it by his word. You got to get back in the word of God, church. It's time to read the word. It's time to put all the other books aside and get into the meat of God's word. He says at this time you ought to be feeding the meat, eating the meat. Instead, you're just licking on the milk. In Hebrews, it tells you that. We're babes. We're babes. Because we've not been digging into the meat of God, his word. And don't make an excuse and say, well, preacher, you don't understand. I can't read. When I came to Jesus Christ, I couldn't read a word. I grew up with dyslexia. I grew up as a dummy. The world would call me a dummy. But God opened my eyes. He put me in his word. King James Version, the Old English, one of the hardest language to read as somebody that doesn't know how to read. But God taught me. God opened his word. He stayed faithful. He sent the comfort of the Holy Ghost. That's another thing, church. God's telling me, 
You don't put the Holy Ghost in the, in the pews to sit down. You come and get filled with the Holy Ghost. He gives you power from on high. I was here a couple of Sundays ago. Pastor Brian preached his heart out on this pulpit. I was grieved in my spirit when I heard he, he give the altar call for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. No one came down. I'm saying I don't believe this God. Whoa, I've been, I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost already. You need to be refilled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. You need a fresh touch. And I believe this morning God's going to give you a fresh touch. But you got to mean business with God. Church, it's time to mean business with God. God is in control of everything. Don't no longer run from what's happening in this world. This is no surprise to me. And if you knew your Bible, this stuff that's happening right now all over this world is not a surprise. The COVID virus, that's not a surprise to me. Get back into the book, church. Get back into the Word of God. You will find in the Word of God everything that's happening. And God has warned you by His prophets, by His ministers of the gospel. And He's sent them out there to warn you. Do not be scared. The house of God ought to be filled in a time like this. Not emptying. The churches were all emptying. The government was shutting down the churches, and the churches were agreeing to it. And the churches were agreeing to it. That's sad, church. This is an emergency room. These altars are emergency room, church. I remember being under many ministers of the gospel on Oak Street. Pastor Jack Mitchell, that was the founder of this church right here in this location. Well, those altars, they were never empty. They were never empty. There were people always seeking the face of God. They got right with God at these altars. The altars have gone quiet in this house. Let's be honest. You have not seen many people at these altars. These altars ought to be filled at a time like we live in today. You ought to be crying out for mercy crying out for a move of God. Thank you, church. Thank you, Jesus. It's not easy, church. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to pry out what God puts in your heart sometimes. I'm telling you, God's going to do something in this house. God is about to do something. He's preparing you. One of my prayers, church, for this house is that we have more love in this house than ever before. And that we have the compassion of Christ as his followers. We are followers of Christ. We ought to look like Christ. We ought to act like Christ. The world ought to thirst after you and I because we're walking like Christ walked when he was upon this earth. Your passion, church. Get the passion back. Get the love of Christ back in your heart. Start to walk back in the ways of God. No longer let the world corrupt you. 
Part of my message was the world will come out from among the world. Leave the world. You're not of the world. You're just in the world. You're in the world for a purpose, to be the light of the world. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, if, if that wasn't, if when you got saved and you, God would just take you to heaven. But no, he leaves you here on earth to be the light in darkness. You are light in darkness, church. This is the hour to brightly shine in this dark world. In this dark world, church, we got to shine bright, shining bright, brighter in the darkness. That's why you could put all the lights off in this place and you just flick a match or a little light. No matter how dark the place gets, when that flick of a light comes on, things are attracted to the light. That's how you ought to live, that your life is so attracted to the world and the church has gone backwards. The church is trying to copy the world. We are not the world, church. This is not our home. This is not our home, church. We're just passing through it. If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, your home's in glory. Your home's in glory, church. You're just like any other foreigner on the land that comes into America. That's what we are. We are foreigners that came into this land to be the bright light of Jesus, to attract others to the heavenly throne of God. It's the hour, church. This is the hour to get right. You have to make that decision in your own life. You can't blame anybody now. Jesus Christ, nearly over 2,000 years ago, went to a cross, and he paid the penalty for you and I. You and I deserve to be on that cross. He didn't deserve to be on that cross, church. And he didn't have to be on that cross. He could have called for a legion of angels and said, I'm not going to do it. They're not worth it. I don't like them. I don't even like the smell of them. But no, that's not what he did, church. He looked at you and I. And if it was just you that were to come to him, he would have done it for the one. But he did it for the world. That whosoever, the Bible says, whosoever. It's a whosoever hour. God has no grandsons or no granddaughters. All must be born of the spirit of the living God. All must be washed in the blood of Jesus. No grandchildren. You can't get there on your daddy's or mummies or granddad's or grandmom's tails. They could have been godly women. 
They could have brought you up in the church and you've been in this church a long time and think I'm all set because I'm a member of the church. The member of churches, that doesn't get you saved. That doesn't get you saved. If that's how you're walking, that's not going to help. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way, and that's through the blood. The redeemed blood it still has power today to set the captives free, to deliver those other captives. He's still the same God as he was yesterday, is today, and will be forever. I share this with your church because God put it on my heart. Not the way I wanted to share it, not the way I even had it prepared. It all changed. It all changed in a quick second. And that's happened to me many times when I preached. And I said, God, why do you make me study? Why do you make me continue to look at this scripture and look at this scripture and look at this scripture when you're going to do something totally different? And many years ago, he said, I am in control. I do what I do when I want to do it. And just be obedient and do what I've called you to do. Church, no one's going to be the same in this house ever again. No one's ever going to be the same. It's a decision you're going to make today. And I told the pastor already, I said to Pastor Brian, I'm only going to be there for about 10 hours. I was joking. <laughs> but you know what? If God said to be here for 10 hours, I would be. I'm not going to change his schedule. He's doing something right now. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Ghost is in this house doing something right now. He's touching hearts in this house. And you might look at this young man up here, old man. I'm used to saying young man because I've always been a young preacher. But you're not looking at me. I don't want you to look at me. I want you to see Jesus, what Jesus is speaking to your heart. It's a hard issue. As I read in the scripture, it's a hard issue. He says, rend your heart, not your clothes. He's talking hard issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's a battle inside. The enemy wants to keep you down. Because the enemy wants you not to be the light that you ought to be. And God is calling you to be the light of the world that is in darkness in this hour. Church, I hope I'm not boring you. But I believe God is doing it. So I know you're not bored. I know your hearts are open to God. And I know that God has been dealing with each and every one of you for the last several months. This house has not been 
in the condition it ought to be. You don't want to hear that, but this house has not been in the condition it ought to be. We ought to thank God, and that's why I brought the pastor up, and, and I didn't want him to leave. I wanted to pray for him, because Pastor Brian is, I'm going to tell you, he's a man of God. He's a man of God, church. Church, he listens to God. It's hard to let somebody like me take a microphone and start to speak unless you know it's God. I'm not like most preachers. I'm different than most preachers are not like me. I'm radical. I'm radical for Christ. I'm radical for his church in this hour. Because the church is in need. The church is in need. We are in need. I don't put myself on some holy thing and say I'm holier than thou. Church, when I'm, I'm, I'm saying these things to you, God is speaking to me also. He's speaking to the house. He's speaking to his body, this body. I was at a revival meeting last night. And God was dealing with me even there. God is about to do something that's going to shake the world. Not this New England, it's going to shake the world. Do you hear me, church? He's doing something that's going to shake this world. Change is coming. Change is coming. God says judgment begins. Where does judgment begin, church? In his house. That's why we're here today. That's why God's given me a message that is it's not the message that I wanted to give. It's the message God wants to give because God's saying his people got to be right. We got to be right with God, church. It's time to get right with God. It's been a while. God says the games are over. Playing games is over. Those days are long gone. My people got to get serious with me. And they got to get equipped to touch the world. Are you ready for change, church? Amen. Father, Father of mercy and grace, I thank you, Father, that you took control of this service this morning, Father. It wasn't me. It's not even the message that I prepared, God. God, you, 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 you're faithful. You remain faithful to us, Father. You said you were going to speak to this body here. And you have spoken to this body today, Father. Father, what is your altar call this morning, Father? What is your altar call, Father? Not my altar call. What is your altar call? Church, if you're serious getting right with God, I'm not calling you on these altars because I want to see something. 
God is calling you the altars to get right with Him. It's time for change, church. That's what God's called me to say to you. Call an altar, time to change. This is going to be an altar call first, time to change. My altar message call was going to be different than this. And Pastor will tell you because I told him something different. But first, the altar call is going to be first people that want to change. God has been dealing with you. You're not going to have any excuses now. So I'm going to say that if God has been dealing with you this morning in the hard issue, because it is a hard issue, He's calling you to get to these altars where you'll find deliverance. And remember, church, He says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before my Heavenly Father. It's time to put all pride away. And I'll stand in this altar myself because I want change. I want change. I need change. And my, this whole house should be at this altar. But God can only deal with you to get up. So I'm praying God touch them. Get them to mean business with you, God. So church, start to come to the altars. Start to come to the altars. Get out of the seat and come to the altars. Do not be ashamed to come to the altars of God. These altars used to always be filled with people seeking the face of God and saying, God, change us. It's not between me and it's between you and God. As you prepare your hearts to respond. Exodus chapter 18, uh, chapter 20, verse 18. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. Sound the alarm was the message that our brother brought on. And I'm grateful that God has changed his heart to speak what he's now laid upon it. Because it is a dreadful day when God appears. We who know God come like Moses. The only one who went and spoke and connected with the Lord was Moses. Yet the people stayed behind and they were afraid. Why is that? Because there was something in the way. There was something broken and something that needed to be dealt with. And as you're coming, as you've come, as you are contemplating and seeking God, I ask the Lord, please, God, let us not be men and women who will send a representative to speak to you on our behalf, but God, that we will have a way made clear for us because we have dealt with the issues of the heart and we have come to know you and we're hoping and yearning for the day of your return that we can see you face to face. We can worship you freely without fear. We will not be men who are over there by the mountainside, scared of your presence because we know that we have not been made right with you. But God, we will run to you.
We will run to you spotless and without wrinkle because we've cried out to Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who has washed and redeemed us clean. If you need to make your way to this altar still, come, there's time. Sam is going to make one more final altar call, and that's going to be for us to be filled with this Holy Spirit. But I want you to just right now let go of things in your heart. Let go of situations and circumstances. The excuses are gone because we very much know that there's a way that we should walk and there's a way we should not. We know that God has laid out his rules. The day he came on that mountain was the day he gave the Ten Commandments and the people were terrified when he showed up. Yet Moses stepped up and he went to spend time with God because he had made his way right. Jesus, I just pray right now, every heart that is asking a question, is it me that you're trying to deal with? What is it that is something within my life, Lord God, that you've been putting a finger on? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make that so evident right now in your children. And that, God, you would right now highlight things that they have accepted for far too long to be okay, to be dabbling with and experiencing or incorporating in their lives. But, God, you have said enough is enough. Today is gone. As Sam has said, today the day is new. It's something new, something different. Things are changing. Holy Spirit, reveal that. Whether it's through the media that we consume, whether it's, Lord God, how we speak to our loved ones or neighbors, how, Lord God, we spend our time with you, how, Lord Jesus, we pursue our our lives, what we have structured around our lives, Lord God, to be the object of our uh, endeavors, the object of our pursuits. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. If it's not of you, God, that you would break it off of us this morning, that you would change it in our hearts and say, Holy Spirit, how do I reprioritize that when your day comes, I will be not a man or a woman who is shaken in my boots and worried in fear because you have arrived, but I will be a person who is excited to see you face to face. And hear the words, good and well done, my faithful servant. Amen.